Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Villa have been strongly linked with a move for Watford's Ishmaela Saar. As of Sunday night, reports are mixed on whether Saar will join Villa. On this episode, I'm joined by our guest, Toby Gillis. He's a sports journalist, Premier League international commentator and also a Watford fan. I started out by asking Toby what kind of a player Villa might sign in Ishmael Assar. Oh, he's a proper winger. It's difficult to say this because there's sort of two sides to Ishmael Assar since he's been at Watford. He was signed as this sort of outstanding winger with bucket loads of potential, pretty raw. Hmm. Um, but pace to burn, took players on, probably needed to work on his end product. and. It's exactly what we got. He's, you know, he was a shy, didn't speak any English when he turned up. Um, I've spoken to Troy Deeney about him a few times and he says, you know, talent wise, there's not many better. He was reaching sort of, when he first arrived, he was reaching 36 kilometers an hour, which is ludicrously quick. Um, You know, not many hit the 36 um, barrier, as it were. So, you know, you just thought we've got this speedster, who's going to have a tough old time in the Premier League um, and can he adapt? And in fairness, he did. You know, it took a little bit of time, but he's the record signing 40 million. We signed him for from Wren. Um, And it probably tells you what you might expect that Villa are going to spend 25 on him plus um, whatever add-ons um, you may know more than me, but, you know, I would imagine it might be five million, I would guess. So we will probably make a loss on him. But I don't think there'd be that many Watford fans for multiple reasons that upset at this moment in time that he's going. OK, well, initially it was kind of confusing to hear that Sarr was coming to Villa just because Villa generally haven't really been playing with wingers too much. Though, thinking about it, in all honesty, the only kind of very speedy winger Villa has is Leon Bailey. Um, so do you think this might mark a potential change for Villa? Do you think they could have Bailey and Saar playing on either side? Or... Yeah, possibly. I mean, I've I've watched an awful lot of Bailey. I've commentated on him in, in the Bundesliga for years and, mm-hmm. you know, no doubt that there's an outstanding talent in there. But oh, yeah. what you've seen is probably what I would have expected. You know, he was linked with Chelsea for quite a long time and there was a reason Chelsea didn't go there. For mm-hmm. Leverkusen, you know, they're a big club, but the, the pressure isn't quite on them to win things. Yeah. And to me, you know, in terms of sort of stature within their league, it was kind of a sideways step to go to Villa for him. But I also didn't ever expect him really to to have that extra level because of the consistency issue. Yeah. For me, I think Saar has a higher ceiling because I think there is the potential for consistency there. The issue with Saar, and this is why I said to you, this kind of two answers to that first question, is because last season he got quite a nasty injury. Mm. Um, And it was just before he went off to the Africa Cup of Nations and they sort of took him to the Africa Cup of Nations. I think he finally came in in the quarterfinal for a brief time Um, and then played some of the semi-final and then most of the final. Right. Um, But to me, he's not been the same player since. He came back. um, He looked nervous to be challenged. He looked, you know, like he didn't really want to take players on. He looked like he'd lost three yards of pace to me. Right, wow. Um, And he looked scared to be, you know, 
in the vicinity of an opponent, really. And so you oh. didn't see him taking on players. You didn't see him going past people and, you know, taking it to the byline and getting good crosses in. And we tried different things with him. He played up front at various times and he clearly isn't a, a forward player. He's a right winger. That's basically what you're getting to, for me. Yeah. Um, I can't really see him playing out on the left-hand side because generally he's not someone that cuts in and scores goals. Okay. Um, but that being said, he's still young enough, I think, that the the right coach, I think, can rebuild his confidence and get it back. Okay. Um, and there's probably been the odd sign of that since Rob Edwards turned up at the start of this season mm-hmm. that maybe he's beginning to get there's no doubt that Edwards is a coach and you know perhaps if you get Roy Hodgson and Claudio Ranieri with you previously as as we had towards the end of last season they might not have been the right people to really get that out of him so I'm not writing him off for a second but I think that's the reason that you've got the fee you've got um and and then it's just a question of can Gerard can the coaches you know with Gerard or whoever it might be you know uh, um, you'd know more about Gerard's future than I would but (laughs) Whoever it might be, can they can they get it right with him? And if mm-hmm. they can, then you know I, I would say Villa is not his ceiling, or current Villa is not his right. ceiling. I think there's probably higher to go. Um, but you know he's been linked in the past with with bigger clubs than Villa. You know Man United when they were sort of doing well, <laughs> and, and and others have uh, Liverpool. You know he's a big friend of Sadio Mane. Liverpool yeah. were keen on him. There's no doubt there was a proper link there. And Mane possibly partly drove that. But you there was a point you thought this guy could this guy could play for Liverpool. He had two unbelievable performances against Liverpool. There was that when yeah. when we ended their ridiculous unbeaten run, you know, he tore them to shreds that night, scored twice. Um, but equally there was one about two and a half, three months before that in the December away from home at Liverpool when really mm. we should have won that game. I remember that. And it was yeah. all down to him. He he missed two really good chances and we'd have yeah. won that game otherwise. We'd have ended the run a lot earlier. So, you know, he can win games on his own. I'm sure everyone's looking at YouTube and is seeing the goal from the halfway line that he's oh, already yeah. scored for us this season. Yeah. That's the that's the imagination and quality that there is in him. There's, there's no doubt he's got that. Um, yeah. But he does need someone to coach him and and coax him back to to his best, I think. Yeah, I mean, sort of picking up two of them things there. I mean, that that goal from the halfway line, do you think that might potentially be a sign that his confidence might be returning? And then on top of that as well, you know, considering that he struggled after the African Cup of Nations last season, do you think that's maybe why someone like Liverpool never quite followed up on that interest they had in the most recent, well, in the current transfer window? Uh, I think he probably, they, he'd missed his chance of Liverpool by by this transfer window. I don't think that was ever likely to happen. Okay. Um, but certainly that second half of the season would have confirmed it for them. You know, maybe if he'd gone and got six, seven goals in that awful Watford team at the end of last season, then, you know, possibly, I suppose, you, you might have found him linked again. But obviously, they'd done the Diaz deal in January by then. Mm. Um, and I think they wanted someone central to replace Sadio Mane when he left because Diaz had, had done so well. So possibly, for me, you know, the, the two combined is why the Liverpool interest went south. There was briefly talk recently, wasn't there, about Man United, but they're so scattergun. You don't, yeah. don't really know, A, how serious it was, yeah. and B, whether there was any thought behind it, if it was true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and is the confidence coming back? Well, as I mentioned, I think, I think Rob Edwards, you know, 
it's taken a long time for this bid to come. It, mm. it was only in the pre-match press conference last week where he said, Ismail Asal, there, there has not been a bid for him. Mm. So Villa's, Villa's bid came after Thursday of last week. Um, what, what is that now? Three days ago. So it's, mm. you know, at that point, Edwards would have been thinking, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to work on this player because he might be with us for potentially to, to January or maybe even, who knows, to, towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and he has been working with him. He's he looked better before the injury that's seen him miss the uh, the third and fourth games of the season. Um, so I I have no doubt that it can come back with the right coaching. And and I think that Rob Edwards was you know potentially the right man to do it. But but of course when when a move like this comes for you, it's totally understandable. And is he? Um... Do you think you see him as kind of like a talismanic player or maybe someone who, let's say, uh, a Villa are defending deep and want to hit somebody on the counter? Is he very effective in that kind of a role as well? He certainly could be. Um, yeah. I mean, if you did start playing, you know, with the two wide men, with Bailey and, and so I remember commentating on Leon Bailey scoring twice against Bayern Munich mm. when they had a high line and you know, Leverkusen were defending deep and then they just launched it up to him and he just tore past everybody. And you could see Ismail Assar pre-injury doing that himself. You know, that was how he had those opportunities against Liverpool in the Anfield game. And then that was how he got them when he did score them in the home game when we ended the run. Mm. So no doubt that if there are high lines to be beaten, in theory, the pace is there. In practice, I don't feel like I've seen it for six months. Right. Um, I don't think he's a leader, not yet. I don't think his English is good enough. It's you know he's been been in the country now for what four years, I think it is, and, right. and I don't think his English is great yet. He's there's no doubt he was extremely shy when he turned up in in English football. He's not a sort of infectious character that's going to lead the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important that some of the the Villa, you know, the big characters in your dressing room, um, you know, that, and the midfield get talking to him. You know, right. I think I think that's really, really important. But then, you know, neat interplay around the box. I've seen that from him. I've seen him, you know, take men on, beat them for pace, go one-on-one and score goals. I've seen him get decent assists. His crossing's got better. I think his crossing's got considerably better. There's still room for improvement on that. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'd say, don't let him take a penalty. <laughs> okay. Let him take it. He's, he's all. And funnily enough, I, I was in the Talksport office last week. Ben Foster was in, right? And uh, it was it was the night after he'd missed the penalty in the nil nil. Was it was it West Brom we played? I can't even remember who we drew nil nil with. Um, and and he missed a penalty, having scored that goal over from the halfway line. It was West Brom. Mm. Um, and Ben Foster was who's quite open about these things. He said, "I don't understand why we let Ismail Assar take penalties." And uh, a colleague of mine who is also a Watford fan said to him, well, who, who would you have taking it? And he said, anyone but Ismail Azar. He's the worst in training. Like, there's no <laughs> reason for him to be taking penalties. He's the worst in training and he's the worst when it comes to them. And he <laughs> right. said, well, what about, so who are you saying? Like Cabaselli, you know, a, a, a pretty robust centre-back that just launches people in the air. He said, anyone. Right. So, don't let Ismail Assar take penalties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, so Villa's next game, when I see him lining up for a penalty, I'll be screaming <laughs> at the screen. 
No. He hasn't learned. He hasn't learned from Troy Deeney, Mr. Wallop it as hard as you can down the yeah. middle. You know, they are tame pea rollers to the keeper's <laughs> left. And the keeper could dive right, get back up and go the other way and still save it. They're, they're those <laughs> not, not good. Right. Well, yeah, hopefully he doesn't end up taking the pens then if, if, <laughs> if he does join Villa. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, like, you know, I, he's surprised that Villa are making this bid now quite late in the transfer window. And how much of a risk do you think it is? Uh, I was surprised because I know what you said, that Villa haven't been playing with wingers. So yeah. does that suggest that, that Steven Gerrard is looking to, to change things drastically? I believe I saw little bits of Rangers with him. You know, I believe the width came from fullbacks there as well. Yeah. So it seems like that's a drastic change for Steven Gerrard to be to be doing. Mm. I think, you know, we're we're getting... It looks like, you know, with the arrival of Erling Haaland in the Premier League, it kind of looks like that the fashion for proper number nines and crosses into the box might be beginning to come back. Yeah. Um, Liverpool has, has sort of done it a little bit as well, although he's he's a different sort of player, isn't he? But um, so on that basis, maybe Gerrard's kind of following this this trend to an extent. You know, yeah. I'm not sure that the Ings and Watkins. I'm not, I don't know. You'd know more how much how much they would benefit from that kind of service. Mm. Um, is it a risk? Uh, to me, 25 million, you know, is kind of the old. 10 or 12 million, isn't it, in, in modern money? So yeah. how much of a gamble is it really? I think his reputation at the moment makes me think, you know, that's about right. Mm. Uh, I'm, I don't want to sit on the fence, but I really don't know how it will go. I don't, yeah. because I, I think that totally depends on the type of coach that Steven Gerrard is. Is he going to be the man that improves players or is he going to be the man that, that tries to sign the finished article? If he's the former and if he's effective at it, then as I say, I, I think you might have a, a 60, 65, 70 million pound player on your hands in two, two and a half, three years time um, who you're struggling to keep unless, you know, unless you yourselves are challenging for sort of top four kind of thing. Um, if he's the latter, then you might have a, five million pound flop on your hand who ends up you know playing in the championship kind of thing it, it yeah. really could go one or two ways he's he's got all the potential in the world but as we all know we've seen so many of those players in the past and it's all about how they're coached yeah um well it'll be interesting to see how that progresses at villa this season there's currently obviously a lot of pressure with uh, the start of the season we've had it's not gone necessarily well and it's a a little bit of concern about Villa's kind of direction at the moment, but who knows? Maybe Ishmael Lazar will be somebody that can make um, some kind of positive difference. Really, um, any sign that we're going to get any of your players over? I'm, I'm, we've, we've already got one, but there's talk yeah. of defenders, and Cameron Archer's been linked. Uh, the Archer one um, he signed a contract, hasn't he? he? Yeah, he signed a new deal, and I think Jared has said that he's in his plans for this season. So I'd be very, I'd be surprised now if he went. But yeah, I mean he's he's featured briefly for us this season at Bournemouth, um, but didn't hasn't been on the pitch otherwise. So yeah, I mean if his game time isn't if there isn't a huge amount of game time, then Watford wouldn't be the worst place in the world at all to go no, on. We'll take him. To. Yeah, and Hawes. I think Hawes is the other one, isn't he? Courtney Hawes as well. Um, that I believe, as far as I know, that is still developing. And from what I've read, the it looks like the Watford move is going to go ahead. Yeah. Um, though Villa have lost Diego Carlos to an Achilles injury, so maybe we're just waiting to get 
some You'd kind of replacement. Think, you would think that these negotiations, they'd be saying we want whores. That that would be my guess. Um, yeah. Uh, who knows whether that would actually significantly impact the fee? I I really like Courtney Hawes personally. He's I think good I player Hawes. He's had some good time in the Premier League for me, and um, you know, I mean, I know I'm not here to talk about Watford transfers, but I might yeah. as well ask the question. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for, for, if I, from what I'm aware, the uh, the Hawes thing is still progressing, and I think it's likely he'll be a Watford player. Within the next couple of weeks, he's a big physical lad. You know, he's a he's a he's a decent defender who's done well for Villa. There, he was very budget signing, but for what we paid for him, I think he's been useful in the last few years and got the winner at Old Trafford as well. And we don't win at Old Trafford very often. No, so, we'll take it. You know, take that. If we think... get back to Old Trafford when we see them in the Championship next season, <laughs> we'll. Uh... Yeah. We'll take a Courtney Hawes winner. <laughs> yeah, completely. Cameron Archer on loan, bagging in a second as well. Um, so, so to, and also, you know, I've got to say about Sarah as well, I do remember opening day last season when Watford went 3-0 up against Villa. It, it ended yes. 3-2, but uh, Sarr, I think my target was never quite the same again at Villa after that. Uh, no. Sarr was absolutely fantastic. The so, three of them were rampant, weren't they? We had we had Dennis playing that day and uh, I can't remember who the third was on, on the opening day. I think it was it Cucho Hernandez scored a wonder goal, didn't yeah, he, coming Hernandez, off the bench? Yeah. And, uh, and Joao Pedro. So, look, I think we're going to have lost all four by the end of this transfer window by the sounds of things. So, um, I don't think, what I would say is I don't think there will be any Watford fans begrudging Saar this move because yeah. he, he has already had a year in the championship with us, you know, and he didn't moan and frankly, he, he led us back to promotion. Right. Um, so that was two years ago. We've obviously, you know, gone up, gone straight back down. He was part of, you know, a, an atrocious dressing room at Watford last season. And, oh, and I yeah, think yeah. it's understandable why he would feel that now is the time to move on. We've had we've had our worth out of him. And in, in terms of getting us back up to the Premier League two years ago, you know, that, that pays for the 40 million. So... The hit that we take on his fee now, I don't think anyone would begrudge him. I mean, he's never going to sign a new contract. I think I think we're we're at the point now where we're maximizing the value. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those where you go right now. You don't know whether twenty five million is a great deal or, or or an awful deal. And I feel like it will be one or the other rather than, you know, I would imagine mm. there are times where you see Leon Bailey and you're going, yeah, okay, that that fee might be worth it. Yeah. And then yeah, other yeah. times where you go, it might not. I'm I'm not sure you'll get that with Sarah. I think it'll either go one way or the other. Right. And he'll either be consistently brilliant or, you know, you might find that he's out of the team entirely in a year's time and, you know, almost a forgotten man. I really hope it's 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 the first because, you know, fond memories, really fond memories of him. He's been part of special performances mm. at times. And of course, you know, his last goal for us will never be forgotten. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, and yeah, as you say, you know, it was a, a, a tough dressing room last season and different managerial changes. And sometimes maybe a player just needs a change of scenery. And um, hopefully Villa Park might be the right place for him if that deal does go ahead. <laughs> well, well, Toby, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on. Uh, really informative, really interesting. Um, can you just let us know uh, where we can find your work and find you online? Yeah, um, your your international viewers and listeners will find me commentating considerably more easily than, than those um, domestically um, because I do commentate for the International Premier League service. Uh, on a semi-regular basis, you'll hear me on Talk Sport, although that's becoming less frequent at the moment for various reasons. You can hear me on Times Radio doing sport on quite a regular basis. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter, 
although I'm a very boring follow because I moan a lot. <laughs> and it's not very it's not often about football to be honest. Don't uh, we all don't we all <laughs> <laughs> at at Toby Gillis um and Gillis is spelled G-I-L-L-E-S. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, Frankie Maguire, and thank you very much for coming on, Toby. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Frankie. That's goodbye from me. We'll be back again with the podcast soon, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs>